BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Red Robin is bringing the heat with its limited time summer heat wave menu. Put some sizzle into your summer with the new Scorpion Gourmet Burger with pepper jack and jalapeno coins. Or share some scorpion wings drizzled in scorpion pepper sauce and whiskey river barbecue. And cool off with a refreshing pineapple chili margarita. If spicy isn't your thing, Red Robin has more than 25 gourmet burgers with free refills of bottomless fries on the side. Red Robin's summer heat wave is on. All summer long, but hurry in, it's only for a limited time. Hello, celebrity gossip enthusiasts. I'm Travis Cronin, and you're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my two fabulous co hosts, the fancy girl from Forest Hills, Gwen Flamberg. Why, that's me. Hey, guys. And the woman who we will one day be seeing on Bachelor in Paradise, Sarah Huron. Hopefully, as a host and not a contestant. Hello, Travis. <laughs> You know, poor Kane Nolos Dose. You can do both. You can have it all, Sarah. We believe in you. Well, have we, the news has been popping this week. The events are popping off even more. So today we have some award shows. The she- a Chic Charity Gala, a deleted Instagram that sort of left my head spinning, messy couples making their exes jealous, and much, much more. But before we get into all the hoop pop and hoot nanny. Let's see what made our co-hosts go whoa this week. Sarah Huron, any stories stick out to you that just made you go whoa? I mean, all of them as always, but specifically, I don't know if you guys have seen it or had the time to really process the Prince Harry, Meghan Markle Time 100 cover that came out on Wednesday. Um, This is not about whether or not they're influential. I don't really care. Um, I think they are Um, and whether you like them or not, they're gorgeous people. I think that's established. So how did this cover happen is my question. Um, I'm getting up some weird Photoshop. I'm getting the weird trees behind. And most importantly, I'm getting Twilight vibes. Like that's Edward (laughs) Cullen and Bella. Like he, it's literally a Twilight movie poster. Um, I'm so confused how this happened. I commented that on Us Weekly's Instagram and Bethany Frankel, I wrote quote, feels like an announcement that they're starring in a Twilight reboot. And Bethany Frankel of Real House in New York City just responded, I'm crying. So my real goal <laughs> I mean, is that I made Bethany life laugh. But made, life made. Life made Sarah Huron. But now I'm getting tagged in all this Megan and Harry fan accounts telling me that I'm mean. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. But I mean, this photo, it's not their, it's, it's not their fault, but isn't it kind of weird? I think it's weird. I agree with you. I think it's weird. I think it's weird that they're both staring straight to camera and they look a bit sullen. It's they, weird. It's, it's Cullen like, rhymes with Cullen. Cullen. They look like the Collins. They do. <laughs> I stand by it. 
they absolutely do. Thank you for putting a word to what I felt about her, like just gently parted lips and like windblown stare. Like I can't wait to be a vampire on my 19th birthday vibes. <laughs> and he's like standing behind her. It's the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, like just a little bit behind her. Yeah, it's it's something. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, congratulations on the honor. You have influence. There's no denying that. No. And you're both very, very pretty. So yes. good job on that, too. Gwen, other than recreating teen vampire movies by some former royals, what made you go woe this week? Travis, I'm still kind of swooning after seeing a very specific picture of Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. That's Benjamin to you from the Venice Film Festival, where the body language in this picture, many things in this picture, there is just no denying that these two are, are in love. It's not completely a stunt. So I'm talking about the picture when she is wearing the white plunging gown. It's by, it was by George Hobika. All right, white. What does white mean to you? It's bridal, isn't it? Ben, who normally, before he was with Jennifer Lopez, was papped going to Ralph's in like baggy jeans and bad t-shirts, was in this like very chic fitted tuxedo. He looks like she has whipped him into the best shape of his life. Yep. And their body language and the way they were looking at each other and J-Lo has this like cute little laugh, like the kinds of laugh of like, a girl who's in love, not just playing the pop. So I don't know. I'm still going well over this. I love this story so much. You guys know that I shipped this couple and it just kind of made my week. Every time I see a side by side of a throwback and a current photo and like the similarities, like the photo of him, like whispering in her ear. And then they had one from like 2003. Like there's something just happens. Like the world feels a little better and a little safer. <laughs> Um, and I totally agree with you, Gwen. And then the picture of them kissing on the mask with the Met Gala, though. Then someone pointed out there's pictures of him kissing Anna de Armas through a mask. And the, the meme that was like, this pandemic has just been too long. Like Ben Affleck has made out with two different women with a mask on, which they still don't understand how that works. But like, here's to you, Ben. <laughs> I love every single photo of them. It was their red carpet debut when she was in that white gown. And it doesn't mean bridal to me. It just means like, don't need a burrito or like definitely stay away from salsa is like just the first thing. Anyone, anytime's wearing all white, that's what I think. I'm like, please just no marinara sauce either. Just get that all out of there. But I like can't un describe my fascination with these two when they're kissing. The side by side just pulls me over, but just the kissing just sends me into overdrive. I love it. Well, my woe this week was about two people who are no longer kissing. That would be Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez, legend, if you will. Um, and my woe was when Justin and Haley were leaving their hotel, a group of friends started to chant Selena's name at them, totally heckling them, begging for Jelena, who's been over for so long and they were so toxic. So I don't know why the fans this were- This was at the Met Gala, right? It was leaving their hotel. Okay. It wasn't like at the actual Met Gala, but I mean, it was a block away, so pretty close. But it was a really strange thing to, for Selena fans to still hold a candle. Like she's moved on. She's dated so many new people. And Justin and Haley are married. It's not like this is like a boyfriend-girlfriend situation. It's pretty locked in. It just sort of made me go, whoa, that there are people dedicated enough to Jelena that are just out, like literally taken to the 
the streets to chant their name and just sort of mess with their vibe. It was very, very strange. Well, let us get into the news. Let us start with our Red Robin spiciest moment of the week. Britney Spears has had a huge momentous week. We can finally stop talking about the legal battles and legalese, and I can stop my Kim Kardashian-inspired studying to get uh, my law degrees just so I could cover this story because Jamie has stepped down as we covered last week. He's soon to be out the door. It's looking good. But Britney Spears is also engaged and has deleted her social media. So take that for what you will. Britney was posting a lot of topless, bottomless, reposting the nude, saying different things, maybe like a star on the booty, a star on the nipple. She really enjoyed that nude photo shoot. And then she hit us with an engagement ring shoot with her and her lovely trainer turned professional boyfriend actor. We'll just call him Sam because I'm bad at pronouncing his last name. Um, but it was so nice to see her happy. And she announced this day, this two days after she found, we all found out that her father, Jamie Spears, would be stepping down. So she's actually allowed to have a wedding right now. And sources have told us that she cannot wait to run to get to the altar. She is wanting to marry him right away. She's been wanting to get engaged for a long time now. And that babies could be around the corner soon. And that IUD might be coming out. Hashtag free Britney. Gwen Flamberg, tell us about your thoughts on the ring, on this engagement. Are you excited? And I hope her wedding dress is better than the one she had in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. And no like pre or post wedding party with like hose. And what was it? It was like they wore, oh, they wore yeah. things. It was like rose and hose and like eight like chicken fingers. Yeah. And well, she let's does. Hope she's grown. Yeah. She's grown up a little bit since then. So I had mixed thoughts, Travis. My first thought was I was like ecstatically happy for Brittany that obviously now that her father has stepped away from the conservatorship, that she's allowed to make her own decisions and get engaged to Sam and that this would make her deliriously happy. And then I had a thought. I just hope that now if she marries Sam, that he won't control her, that she's not just kind of getting into another kind of toxic situation, even though um, I don't know, yeah. toxic would bring on like maybe a new song. She um, said it. Well, the yeah. I think what you're saying, Octavia Spencer was the one who Get said it. it. I, that yeah. was the most great fantastic. minds think alike. I love and, Octavia Spencer. You and Octavia have always been mind melded. Yeah. In sync, in sync. But the number one comment on Britney's Instagram post was Octavia Spencer saying get a prenup and that was just the unexpected advice from motherly beauty octavia <laughs> spencer that we didn't know we leave and that was sort of my favorite part about the whole thing yes. it was my favorite part too but the, uh, the thing that i like about sam and i mean we never really know what's going on with these people but the thing that i like about sam is that he took it in stride he made a joke on his instagram story he said because the headlines were everywhere and he said we'll get a prenup to protect my sneaker collection like i joke <laughs> that he was the one who needed it he stood by her through a lot in these last couple of years and I, I i think he's a good egg I'm, I'm rooting for them i feel like she she is not i don't know i i feel good about it 
I do too. And I think that whenever I've met people who were like, you know, severely overweight, he was around 380, 400 pounds. And now (laughs) he is so ripped that those people sort of like know what it is to be insecure and bullied and made fun of. And it makes them kinder people overall, even though he's insanely hot now. He doesn't have that sort of like hot privilege that a lot of people who are just hot their whole lives were. And so I think it makes him a really sweet guy. And I think that shows in his social media and how he treats Britney. He's a really like kind and compassionate guy. And I think they could work out. Wow, what I hope so. <laughs> I think about this a lot, Sarah. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about him because at first look, you know, he is much younger than her. He was 22 or 23, I think 23 when they met. And, you know, she's super rich and one of the most famous people in the world. So you have to question someone like that's intentions. And I think oh, he's with her for the publicity part, like just enough. Like he wants to be an actor and like get in her world, but he like loves, adores all of the craziness and beauty that is Britney Spears. And when do you guys think they're going to walk down the aisle? I have a feeling it's going to be like today. (laughs) It could be next week. Really could be. We'll see. I still think there's some like official legal stuff to work out with all the conservatorship stuff. And the deleting of the Instagram kind of makes me confused, even though she said she was doing it to celebrate her engagement. Um, I I think it's going to be next year. Oh, okay. Sounds good. I mean, I agree. I I think they get a wedding first and get like the paperwork filed after like all that conservatorship goes down. But just that like happiness in both of their eyes, they look thirsty for a wedding. And I just feel like it's coming like real, real soon. Um, And I don't really know why she deleted her Instagram. Maybe it was like Octavia Spencer's comment. Maybe she was just sort of like getting too wrapped up in it. Unsure. At the VMAs, Megan Fox had the double date that we all love. Travis Barker, Kourtney Kardashian, Machine Gun Kelly, and Megan Fox. She wore a Mugler completely nude crystallized gown that I can't even count up the minutes about how many times I stared at her trying to figure out where the dress ended, where her body began, (laughs) what my sexuality really is, and just, you know, how she has managed to be so hot but let's talk about it because this double date did not go off with a hitch sarah and i were watching together the vmas via email sarah what 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 um what moment of their date at the vmas really stands out to you I mean, there was a few things. You know I love me some MGK. He had quite the night. Um, started off with a little red carpet scuffle. Um, Conor McGregor, a fighter, martial art artist, whatever you call them, um, was on the carpet. And there's conflicting reports. Some people are saying that Conor wanted to take a picture with MGK. He said no. And then he, you know, drinks were thrown, punches were thrown. Megan was almost in the crossfire. So MGK, you know, got upset. And there's all these pictures. She was in the crossfire. She's yeah. in the middle of it. And there's all these photos of like punches being thrown and they all came out like halfway through the show, which was interesting because this happened on the carpet. So people were trying to figure out what happened. MGK was asked about it after the show. He just put pushed the microphone away. Connor has simply said that, you know, he loves all his fans. He doesn't fight vanilla white boy rappers. Like he's releasing all these like shady statements through his rep. Shade. And it just like got so messy between them so quickly. But I feel like we don't totally know what happened. What do you think happened? 
From the pictures and the video, it seems that Connor wanted to take a picture with Machine Gun Kelly. It's and that now he won't admit it. But then there were also some other reports that Connor tried to slide into Megan mm-hmm. Fox's DMs. Get it? So I think it was a combo of the two that Connor had tried to slide into her DMs. Megan probably brought that up when they were at that martial arts fight again with Courtney and Travis on their double date. And then he came over and he was like, now he wants to take a picture with me and get close to like my hot nude girlfriend. And just immediately flipped out, popped off. Because that's what Machine Gun Kelly does. And then inside the show, which you were at, Yes. You can tell it better, but Megan, but Travis and Machine Gun Kelly, Travis Barker and Machine Gun Kelly ended up closing the show with their song Paper Cuts, but they weren't supposed to. They were supposed to perform around like 1030-ish and their stage was set up and then they were gone, right? Okay, so their stage setup was so elaborate. Machine Gun Kelly had a gigantic grave that was filled with dirt that we all saw on TV. Travis Barker had that huge, huge drum. So they rolled that onto the stage, setting up like 10, 15 minutes before they even performed. Travis Barker gets up there. He's warming up on his little drums, getting ready. He sounds great. Machine Gun Kelly is getting ready. He lays down in his grave. And then as soon as he laid down in the dirt, and like covered himself a little of the dirt he just like something flipped he hopped out of his own grave like a zombie or vampire come to life (laughs) ran over to travis said like one thing to him and then was like you know throwing the elbows pushing all of the crew back and sprinted backstage and it's sort of unclear what prompted this like diva hissy fit that he decided to throw while popping up out of his own grave. I just can't say that enough. It's so funny that we get to say that he was in a grave and popped out of it. Um, but Sarah, you you know, you were probably closer to the mind of Machine Gun Kelly than anybody here, but possibly in the country. <laughs> so what do you think happened? Was it the wrong dirt? Did he just decided he wanted to close the show? I mean, it could be anything. Um, as, <laughs> as a Machine Gun Kelly expert, it could be anything. My instinct when I was initially reading your emails to it was that like he got claustrophobic. I didn't hadn't seen the setup yet, but I was like maybe he like got claustrophobic in the dirt and had like a freak out about like the the um, coffin of it all and yeah. like, just needed like, had an anxiety attack or something. Um, but then watching it, he wasn't really buried in it, so maybe the no. second time he didn't do it as much. Like he needed to calm down. Maybe he just missed Megan so much. He was worried about <laughs> Conor McGregor backstage. It really could be anything with this dude. And then they ended up closing the show and he went on Fallon or Kimmel or one of those shows and said that maybe Seth Meyers and said that there could be a documentary about everything that went down backstage at the VMAs. And because him and you had then the videos came out of Courtney, Travis, Megan and Michigan and Kelly in the urinal, like in the bathroom with urinals behind them. Yeah. Like, on cue putting their tongues together like they just like the guys give them a a look and then they stick out their tongues and then they like just touch it for just the right amount of time like it is like wild these they live like such a different lives and like a life that any of us could ever understand and i also i feel like teenagers Uh understand it true (laughs) you know like 19 year olds they do this like mothers of several children mm, not so much when on the the scott disick train right now how do you think scott was feeling seeing these these pictures of them kissing and uh with their tongues out all over new york instead of italy poor scott poor 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 scott Scott. and then i also love how they had this you know rock star heavy vmas night and then they just went to like a quiet sit down dinner after (laughs) just to like you know have the sommelier like decide like give them great napa red and you know (laughs) 
share some calamari with each other and just have a little chat about it. Um, my completely based on nothing theory, I, I do like the claustrophobic because he did bury like his legs a little bit more than he was for the actual performance and just maybe had like an I'm claustrophobic, I need to get the hell out of here moment. But I think that someone said something in his ear like oh your guitar wasn't checked right or like your microphone is off or something and he was like you know i'm only performing this if it's going to be perfect and that's what caused him to rise from the dead and run off stage that's a good theory that's a good theory it could be anything, but I, I think you're right about those urinal kissing photos where they were like, oh, let's go in for a kiss. And I love how Megan and Courtney know immediately that means like we're going to lick each other's tongues because yeah. that's that's how we kiss and show affection. Oh, it's, it's a little much for me. <laughs> Uh, it was a little much for me as well. Um, well, my favorite moment about the VMAs was, you know, had Megan Fox's dress, number one, so spicy, but Little Nas's X performance was, I think, the best performance of the night. Yes. I love a bunch of hot pink gays in a prison yard, you know, busting it open in splits. I never knew that that was something that I liked, but, but here we are. And now I know that that is one thing that I very much enjoy to see on stage. What were your guys' favorite either looks or performances from the VMAs? I mean, I'm just head shaking with the VMAs. I didn't see um, very much of it. I just couldn't get over. Uh, Megan Fox's dress was kind of like, to me, I was sort of like, okay, um, not even pretending not to be naked. <laughs> Just absolutely naked, completely naked. I'm surprised she wore panties. They were very little panties under the dress. But also I felt like that dress was a ripoff of, of Kim Kardashian's dress when she wore that naked dress to the Met Gala a couple of years ago. Um, little Nas X or Lil Nas X, I enunciated just a bit too much. He's just like my favorite human of the moment. So he can do no wrong in my eyes. And I just think that the world needs more just unabashed, unapologetic artists like well, him. And Gwen, what did you think of uh, Doja Cat's hosting outfits? I mean, wild. <laughs> and if you want to see every outfit and the behind the scenes of every single hair look, Go to usmagazine.com slash stylish, because of course, you guys, we got all the scoop, most of it exclusively. Yes, we did. Sarah here on other than Machine Gun Kelly literally saving the night and making the VMAs unexpected with shocking twists and turns single handedly from myself. Yeah, what really. moments people stood out to you from that night? Um, my girl, Olivia Rodrigo, I got to give her some love. First, I mean, what a week for her. Um, I'm so happy for her and her win. I feel like she is just so cool. But then when she gets the mic, she has that almost like that Taylor Swift quality. But I believe it from her still of the shock. If she continues this for five years, then I'll know. OK, maybe not. But right now, like it has her first song. Driver's License literally came out in January. It's September. Like, wow. I can't even imagine what these like last couple months have been like for her and to be at the VMAs, to be at the Met Gala, to be winning, to be performing, and to just looking so cool. I also loved seeing like Avril Lavigne again. I feel like she looked cool with Mod. She looked amazing. She looked amazing. And I just feel like it was kind of like a really random VMAs. Like it was very of the moment. Like it was very 2021. Um, mm. But I don't know. It, I Obviously the Machine Gun Kelly stuff was great, but I'll give it, I'll give Olivia my, Rodrigo my moment, her getting to win. 
um, Doja Cat didn't really do it for me with the weird hats, but I don't understand <laughs> fashion. As we segue into the Met Gala, you'll learn very quickly. <laughs> it, the the chair the chair hat I liked the worm one I just I did not love her every acrobatics was pretty cool too. I mean she's like clearly a trained dancer that looked like uh a senior traveling dance captain's modern lyrical solo so you know i appreciated that a lot well the vmas let's go to the next day because now oh, it's God. the gala now it's exhausted the exhausted yes I, you know, I am dripping rhinestones and glitter all over the streets of New York, running from event to event, slowly dying inside, but having the best time of my life. <laughs> and it's now the Met Gala. What were your guys' standouts from the Met this year? Gwen, there were so many. I mean, there <laughs> were so, so many. I, I can't even rank them. I loved Kate Hudson so much. I just loved that it was like this really all American gorgeous glow. And she was, of course, glowing because she had just gotten engaged with a ring valued at $280,000, you guys. Wow. Go to com slash stylish and read all about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm obsessed with her and Danny Kuchikara's daughter, little Ronnie. So I'm just so into that relationship. And it's interesting to me that they're actually getting married or uh, who knows if they're going to get married, but even just the engagement was sort of a surprise because they seem to me like to just be a forever couple without yeah. um, having to put that label on it. But I loved it. And the ring is magnificent. As I said, of course, also, we spoke with her makeup artist, Quinn Murphy, on the Glam Squad Confidential podcast. So give that a listen, you guys. He gives some just incredible tips that I have to tell you I've never heard about ever in my mm. life. Um, I loved Sierra in that, you know, it was Dundas, a take on a football jersey. But it was, I mean, how All-American was that? One of my, like, absolute favorites was Lupita Nyong'o who wore Nine Versace two. that was, I mean, denim and diamonds, like, come on, what is more American? And of course, her makeup was denim inspired, done by our friend, Nick Burroughs. There were just so many. And I, I gotta say, like, Kendall looked really beautiful in that My Fair Lady take. I didn't really understand the dress or the reference, however. It's nudity and iconic beauty. It's real like easy. Pretty, pretty princess. <laughs> yes. And again, like, you know, Kim Kardashian in the black, like I didn't really understand like what that had to do with American fashion. Is it a blackout on American fashion? Is it a, I, I don't know. I just don't understand why she's like doing Kanye. Like it's like Kim dressed as Kanye yeah. wanting to dress Kim <laughs> yeah. and, and all of the drama of like, now they're following each other again. Like what is happening with those two, you guys? Um, but I was just so happy as a whole that like Met Gala is back. The glamour was pulled off, it was super theatrical and super fabulous. I was afraid it was going to be a little bit dull, but I loved seeing everybody bring all the different incarnations of American glamour. Oh, my other favorite, favorite, favorite look, Kristen Stewart as a pinup. Oh my God, oh, so dead. pretty. Such dead. a different look for her too. Oh, well she, you know what she has shown, especially with the, with the Spencer movie where she plays Princess Diana, this girl can morph in a way that like, I've always seen her as someone who takes risks on the red carpet. She's not someone who's overly precious with her hair. She's always changing the cut, the style, but 
she really can morph it from a beauty standpoint, from a costume standpoint. And I just, I absolutely loved it. Of course, our friends at Dear Abergel did that Betty Page hair. I mean, obsessed. Gorge. And Jillian Dempsey did the makeup, another friend of the Us <sighs> Weekly fam. So, I mean, it just, it's the gift that continues to give. Sarah Huron, what did you like about the event, the social media, the clothes, and we all need to talk about Kim Kardashian's look and our personal impact. Yes, I'll get to Kim in a second. There's so much, because of course the memes are my favorite part of the Met Gala. Um, mm -hmm. I thought Kendall looked the best. I didn't totally understand the Audrey reference either, but I love Audrey and I love Kendall and I just thought she looked amazing. And I also really liked Brooklyn Beckham's fiance. I can't remember her name, but Nicola I love Peltz. Oh, Nicola Peltz. Yeah. I love pretty. They kind of looked like Ken and Barbie. And that's yep. pretty America to me. Um, and I just like pink and I like dresses that I understand. <laughs> exactly. Those are my two favorite looks. The Kardashians of it all. Oh, first also, what are your thoughts on the, the TikTokers taking over? Because there was Addison Rae, there was Dixie D'Amelio, there was Emma Chamberlain doing the Vogue stream um, or doing the Vogue YouTube videos. Um, I thought that Emma, Ch Emma Chamberlain looked amazing. Sense. I think that Emma Chamberlain is someone who... I'm really interested in and excited by Addison Ray, that's Emilio's. It's just sort of like it showed, it kind of reinforced that they might be having a moment, but I don't think that it's going to last. I mean, I know that Addison Ray just got a huge Netflix deal. I don't know. To me, it's like it just reinforces the, the posing of it all. It's not, they're acting like something, they're not something on their own. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I thought there were going to be more TikTokers. So I was so glad. I was actually sort of glad that there was only like four or five TikTokers. Mm -hmm. But my problem with most of them is like, this is the Met Gala. It's a costume ball. Right. And you can wear anything in the world, especially right. Addison Ray. You borrowed Kourtney Kardashian's Pretty Christmas much. dress. But she did. It's a lack of originality. Has, yeah. That's what they say mean. on what they wear. Isn't the designers? They have to wear the designer, but they get a say about which look from the designer that they not can really. Wear. No, Vogue, the Vogue team, Anna Wintour's team decides with the designers what each person is going to wear. But I do think that the celebrity can choose to push it or not push it. And there was no accessories, pushing. makeup. Yeah, there hair. was just no, there was no like personal interpretation. That's that's what I saw. And it's kind of like indicative of, you know, these are social media stars. It's what they do. They just they imitate, you yeah, know, it was and, and it was very clear. Exactly. It was, it was very 2D. Kim, 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 Kim. I can't. The shadow. <laughs> There's the two sides of it, right? Because I haven't seen the argument of like she didn't even have to show her face and we knew it was her. Her silhouette is the moment. She is Kim literally doesn't have to show her face and we're all talking about her. And then the other side, it just makes me like. There was a moment right after her and Kanye broke up when she went to like Italy or something. And I felt like I was getting a little bit of old Kimmy back. Like she was really thriving and it felt like she had personality again. And this feels just like so Kanye's influence and the like fake out of, I know it was the designer who was with her, but everyone like thought it was Kanye. Like it felt a little stunty to me. And I just, it, it, I was sad. I didn't like it. Uh it definitely made me sad. I think Gwen's point was the best point that it was Kanye. Kim does Kanye, which is strange when you dress like your soon-to-be ex-husband who you've yeah. separated from is just weirdness that I can't even get into. I did like the idea <clears throat> that she can just show up as a silhouette and a ponytail, and we all know <laughs> it's her. I think that's sort of like a flex, but 
I mean, just like a shadow in the dark. I really liked the Peter Pan memes where it was like Peter Pan and his shadow, no matter who she was standing next to. I thought for that comedic value, it was great. And my other favorite meme was everyone calling her the Grim Reaper or like in Sims when the Grim Reaper comes to get your dead Sam. Like that's what her floating around in my gallery. My favorite meme, the Dementors. My favorite meme was Kendall and Kim together and Kendall being what I think I look like when I'm on a Zoom meeting (laughs) and Kim being like what I really look like. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like our face shroud is going to be a thing. Like if I don't want to put makeup on, can I wear one of those to an event? Like mm, probably not. Can you breathe in that? You can definitely breathe. I'm sure they're sheer. Yeah. It's like, and, you know, tinted windows, Sarah, but not into it. And she definitely reality. could breathe better than the Met Gala look she wore with those like crazy corseting last year. So I'm sure <laughs> yes. this was a breeze to her. It's just, <laughs> I feel like the way you choose to dress obviously reflects like your inner energy and what you're going through. And when you wear all black and don't want to show your face, it just sort of sends a weird message to the world. And I would have been way cooler with it had she worn something a little bit more fun, a little bit less like a black shadow to the after party. But all she Mm. did was take off the stocking cap mask and put on like a Batman mask instead. And I was like, Kim, are you, are you okay? Are you happy? This seems like a, you're at your own funeral for this. It was it was just didn't make me very happy with that. Red Robin is bringing the heat with its limited time summer heat wave menu. Put some sizzle into your summer with the new Scorpion Gourmet Burger with pepper jack and jalapeno coins. Or share some scorpion wings drizzled in scorpion pepper sauce and whiskey river barbecue. And cool off with a refreshing pineapple chili margarita. If spicy isn't your thing, Red Robin has more than 25 gourmet burgers with free refills of bottomless fries on the side. Red Robin's summer heat wave is on. All summer long, but hurry in. It's only for a limited time. Let us move on to some way more D-lister, uh, D-lister news that we're pretty excited about. And I know Sarah Huron is uh, uh, excited about. Jana Kramer and Jay Cutler have been pictured together for the first time. I can't wait to hear, Sarah, what did you think about their first photo together? Because originally we thought this was just going to be a one-off paparazzi sh- shoot to make it you know, the their ex is jealous, but now this might be two pictures to make their exes jealous. Tell me about what you're thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, it's like an interesting thing because it's not an Instagram or a shady pap photo. It's like a professional photo taken at a bar in Nashville and the photographer is getting credit everywhere. So I think he's the one who gave it to People Magazine because, you know, whatever, but they, they are smiling bright. It's like edited um Jana looks pretty fire I'm sure she signed off on this getting released (laughs) and I don't know who the other two people are they're just like guests at this like comedy show or whatever that they were at fans Um, are like (laughs) yeah like literally like why I should be in this photo like can someone photoshop me to be the one sitting next to Jay and Jana yes yeah no I mean I think it's insane that these two are actually like seeing each other they like traveled to South Carolina for a comedy show um I don't know when she has the time she's always on her Instagram story um, but this is the proof that these two are are hanging out and I'm, I'm pretty shook, even though like I couldn't stop talking about it for a week. It's always different to see the picture, you know? 
it really hits different when you see them smiling together and their eyes are telling you, we can't wait to make our exes jealous. And that gives us joy with each other. That really, really reads. Yeah. Swift sifting gears. Let's talk about sex cults, shall we? Because Allison Mack has begun her three-year prison sentence for branding, bashing, punishing, capturing women in the Nexium sex cult that we could not talk about, could not stop talking about last year. Watch all of the documentaries. They are insane. And she is going to jail for three years because she was involved with Nexium and engaged in sex trafficking, forced labor, branding, pretty much anything horrible you can think about. But what's interesting about the story is that she decided to arrive early. I wasn't quite sure what, why this happening. She pleaded guilty to racketeering and conspiracy charges in April, and it was originally set to begin her sentence on September 29th. But she showed up, you know, today around like 10 days early, which was very strange and I'm not quite sure why, she wrote a letter apologizing to all of the survivors of Nexium, And she said, it is now a paramount, important found, a paramount importance for me to say from the bottom of my heart, I am so sorry. She wrote into these documents obtained by us to the court. She said that she had committed grievous wrongs. <laughs> and I threw myself into the teachings of Keith Ranieri with everything I had, I believed wholeheartedly that his mentorship was leading me to be a better, more enlightened version of myself. I devoted my loyalty, my resources, and my, ultimately, my life to him. And this was my biggest mistake and biggest regret of my life. Now, do you guys believe her? Do you feel bad with her? And who shows up early for their jail sentence? (laughs) I feel bad for all the women that were gaslighted and, uh, you know, basically, lost years of their life and are probably dealing with the trauma for the rest of their lives. So no, I don't feel bad for Allison Mack. I think that she should actually go away for longer. I think so too. I mean, I guess it's like slightly confusing because you wonder like, you know, obviously Keith Raniere was horrible and like, how did he manipulate her? But there is just no denying how many other people she brought in. And, you know, it's hard to apologize afterwards. It's not like she tried to get out and is now getting you know, drag back in. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, I think she maybe deserves more time too. I do too. And even Nancy Salzman, um, mm-hmm. the Keith Ranieri's like former partner and the woman who brought in a lot of women got even less time than Allison Mack. And she got like just under two years, I think. And I was like really sort of like horrified by how little time she got for ruining all of these women's lives. Oh, very, very strange. Well, good luck to all the women's. I hope Allison Mack going to prison can just, you know, stop their trauma a little bit, help them move in the direction that they want to go in. And speaking of trauma, I think we should put some celebrities in a boxing ring because it's time for Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. We are going to throw these celebrities in a boxing ring and we get to decide who wins, who loses, and who walks away bloody and bruised. Sarah Huron, first bout is up to you. We have Jimmy Fallon, who's 47 this week. I thought he was a little younger. Um, (laughs) Versus iconic comedian Bill Murray, who is 71 this week. Oh, wow. Um, Two funny bros. Two funny bros. Um, (laughs) Bill Murray, sure. Why not? You know, what? Jimmy's recovering from that whole ring finger situation. 
Yeah, he's you know, definitely not from falling over drunk. Allegedly. Congratulations, Bill Murray. Gwen, second one is to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really switched it up with the type of celebs we have this week. We have really? Stephen King, who is 74 this week. Yeah, Stephen King, heard of him? And uh, Sophia Loren, who is 87 this week. I mean, this is a really, really tough bout because Stephen King, obviously, yeah, I mean, he's at one with the occult, right? So we think that he probably has some special powers, but nobody could compete with Sophia Loren and her fabulous, I mean, obviously the rack of life, which I've always aspired to dress just like Sophia Loren, but also, you know, she kind of has this like, elusive, devil-may-care, knows she's the hottest thing on the planet. So I think she would just give Stephen King like a stare down. And Stephen King, a master of horror, would just skedaddle right out of the ring. So Sophia Loren wins. Oh, Gwen, you deserve a screenwriting credit for that Mm -hmm. beautiful story. That's exactly how it went down. Last fight. Sarah Huron, it is to you. Nicole Richie is 40 this week <laughs> versus uh, Miss Baltimore herself. Ricky Lake is 53 oh. this week. Um, obviously, you know, Nicole Richie is <laughs> hindered spirits. Nicole Richie. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Nicole Richie. All right, Gwen Flamberg, it is Bill Murray, chuck a luck a luck into the ring. Sophia <laughs> Loren with the rack of life, 87. And Nicole Richie on her 40th birthday, who is going to take home the fake crown or belt, whatever. I believe that Nicole Richie would bow down to Sophia Loren. Bill Murray would write a joke about it and Sophia Loren would take the prize. Uh, congratulations, Sophia Loren. And listeners, if you don't know who she is, give her a Google because that is one <laughs> hot lady, even at 87 years old. <laughs> well, thank you so much to my hosts, Sarah and Gwen, for helping me spill all of this piping hot celebrity and all of these amazing events that we have back in our lives. Again, this is Travis Cronin on Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood podcast with your weekly peek into the glamour, glitter, fashion, fame of your favorite celebrities. Because after all, they're, They're just, just like us. us. That one better, but slow. It was a little creepier, but better. And they are just like us. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> we will be back next week. See you then.